He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building live, Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. No longer the other company. We have transitioned over to Intercom. So we're at the Intercom Studios live, Miracle Mile, Maslin and Wilshire. I'm with my man, my left-hand man in the studio, but my right-hand man in your hearts, <laughs> Greg Biggins. GB, what up? What up, Keith? How are you? Doing all right, man. We're, we're, we're a little rough this week, yeah, right? Yeah. Fighting, yeah. Fighting a little little something, but yeah. Hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to go to adversity. Yeah, you, you got to fight through, no question. Both of us a little bit under the weather, but uh, you know what? We still going to kick it how we kick it. We're going to do what we do. You don't always have a clean pocket with guys running wide open. There's no question. Sometimes you got to scram around a little bit. <laughs> man, we got to buy the play. some time, extend the play. <laughs> no question. Eyes downfield. Eyes downfield. Keep that ball high and tight. Protect it. Ball security is important. So anyway, we want to get this show started. We're going to talk to you a little bit about some recruiting news with GB. We're going to get to our top performers. We'll have a sleeper of the week. I mean, GB's got that today. We're going to recap last week's games and touch on upcoming semifinals in the different divisions. We're going to bring this baby to a close. We might have a little man listen towards the end. Got some things I might need to get off my chest. GB <laughs> definitely has some things he needs to get off his chest. But without further ado, the Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Let's get rocking. GB recruiting. Got a couple <laughs> commitments to start the show off. How about our guy Michael Ezekiel, pride of Colony High School, committing to the Oregon Ducks. Kind of yes. set out when coming since the summer. He took an unofficial visit with his guy. Travis died, and I thought Oregon was kind of the team to beat. He did take official trips to ASU and Utah and was going to go to Michigan this upcoming weekend. He went to A&M as well. UCLA was involved. The USC was involved. But Michael Ezekiel is going to Oregon. Uh, Garrett Curran uh, from up in the San Diego area going to Boise State. Uh, turned down some Pac-12 offers. Literally just visited uh, Washington State over the weekend. And then the next day, which was on Monday, he commits to Boise State. So uh, I like Garrett, Garrett, kind of a right tackle prospect out of San Diego area and good-looking player. How about Adam Plant recommitting to Arizona? Bishop Gorman kid. You don't see this very often where a kid commits early, decommits, and then recommits to that same school. Usually, you know, bridges are burned, but Adam Plant's a guy you saw in person this year. And sure. It's funny. I actually went on a message board and said, I like him now that I did when he first committed to Arizona. So uh, nice job for the Cats to be able to reel Adam Plant in. And then the pride of St. Louis, Missouri. Talk about big D tackle. Trevor Trout going to USC. Yeah, I saw that. Not to be confused with the great Mike Trout. No, no relation. I just wanted an excuse to get the great Mike Trout's name mentioned. <laughs> but Trevor Trout took his official visit to USC over the weekend, and he decided that he was going to be fighting on. He is going to USC. Coach Keith, what do you think? Any about any thoughts on those four? Yeah, sure. Uh, start off with Michael Ezeike, a kid that, you know, we, we saw last year and uh, I think he's a special, borderline special receiving target. He's he's big. He can run. He's super long. Huge hands. Soft mitts. 
and uh, just a playmaker in a mismatch nightmare versus smaller DBs. I think he's going to thrive in that Oregon offense. Being the way that they play with that spread system, it forces you to play man-to-man and be able to stop the run. He's going to get a lot of matchups, favorable matchups, down the field. He should exploit those and have a huge career. And also Adam Plant, the six foot five, 255, 260-pound DN out of Bishop Gorman, um, saw him as a junior last year. Knew he had a ceiling, saw the potential. He's now begun, begun, begun to realize that potential. And not only realize it, Greg, I think he's thriving in it. Um, I think he is set to have a huge, huge college career. And beyond that, I think he's an NFL player. I think both of these guys, Ezekiel Ike and Plant, are two NFL guys uh, just kind of waiting and buying their time for three to four years before they go make some money playing ball. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel, he kind of fits Oregon's offense, which is in some ways kind of similar to what Helfridge and even Chip Kelly ran. That big guy, they, they like him as a tight end, but their tight end is more of a traditional hybrid receiver. Yeah. He kind of fits that down-the-field guy. Yep. Speaking of, well, not speaking of Chip Kelly, but speaking of UCLA, Jim Mora was released. That's a nice way of saying he was fired. He was fired. He was released of his duties a couple of days ago. So expect a couple of guys to kind of open up the, uh, open up their recruiting process. That happened with Quartz Hill linebacker Matthew Tago. Uh, he said he's still going to consider UCLA, but wants to open up the process. Already earlier visited Utah, and I'm sure other schools will come after Tago. And then uh, Cajon Jr. linebacker Jonathan Perkins Decided last night to also kind of open up the process. And again, I think both of those two guys will still look at UCLA moving forward. But uh, smart on their part, probably to make sure that all their options are, are especially if you're Jay Perk and you're just a junior. Yeah. Right? So uh, Jim Mora, no longer at UCLA. Very curious uh, who the new hire is going to be and how that's going to affect recruiting moving forward. Had a bunch of official visits this past weekend. Well, Washington State hosted Kobe Smith, and I think they're in a good spot right now with Kobe. Uh, he also visited Nebraska. I think those are the top two right now for the Sarah High School wide receiver. But I think Wazoo uh, is doing well with Kobe. He liked that visit quite a bit. The Washington Huskies hosted our guy, Tanner McKee, which is good to see him out there uh, taking the visit. He got, you know, little concussion protocol after that game over the weekend against Murata Valley, but uh, he is good enough to fly out there, and hopefully he's good enough to play this weekend, so I think it needs to get cleared. But anyways, enough of that. He loved Washington, liked the Huskies quite a bit. Uh, Stanford, he will take an unofficial trip this weekend there. He'll officially visit them in BYU next month. And uh, obviously Alabama's involved. BYU is still heavily involved. Texas, Texas A&M were his other visits, but I've always kind of thought, you know, Stanford, BYU, BYU might be the two to beat, but I will say Washington, I think, has a great chance, too. They're definitely in that mix. And then uh, Brian Addison said he loved his trip. Addison's been pretty active on the trip circuit. He's already been to ASU, Michigan, and Nebraska. He's going to visit UCLA on December 8th. I said he's still kind of looking at them without the head coach right now, and he said, yeah, definitely. He wants to see who the new head coach is going to be and how he connects with the staff, but he likes that local option. So December 8th will be his visit, and he said he'll probably commit the week after. But Washington did do a good job with, with uh, Brian Addison. Uh, USC had several official visitors. Talanoa Hufenga out of Oregon. Panay Sewell out of Utah, the big-time offensive lineman. And then uh, Chase Williams, a Nebraska commit, uh, who committed as a corner. All took their official visits to USC. Hufenga, kind of the buzz, probably a USC-Oregon battle right now. Uh, Panay Sewell. 
kind of going into that trip, the buzz was Alabama, probably the team to beat. And then uh, Chase Williams, like I mentioned, he's a Nebraska commit, but a lot of buzz that, you know, Coach Riley might be on that hot seat. And uh, if that happens, obviously you can expect Chase to look around and USC is the local fit and a great option for him. And then uh, mentioned Michael Ezekiel, committed to Oregon. He took his official visit out there, so uh, no real big surprise. Uh, but the Oregon Ducks also hosted a trio of St. John Bosco underclassmen. Uh, talking about DJ Wui Analele, George Halani, Suave Poti, all took unofficial visits to Oregon. All of them loved it. And also Zach Charbonnet uh, from Oaks Christian, he took an unofficial visit to the Washington Huskies over the weekend. A couple new offers to report, and then we are done with recruiting notes. Uh, how about Mikhail Wright, uh, Valencia underclassman, DB receiver, got one from Washington State. Anthony Pardue, Murata Valley offensive lineman, got an offer from Utah State. Uh, Jay Sarah offensive lineman, Jake Parks, got an offer from Boise State. And then Kazmir Allen from Tulare Union got a big offer from USC uh, just last night. So uh, some intriguing offers. I talked to Jake Parks for a little bit. He's got visits set up to San Jose State the first week of December. Boise State will be that second weekend of December. I know you love Jake when you saw him in person against the Servite Friars, right? That was yep. the game. I've been a big Anthony Pardue fan, and then Mikel Wright's going to have every offer out there. And then obviously mentioned USC. I think that's a big offer for Casimir. He took an unofficial visit there a few weeks back for a game. Loved it there. Uh, was supposed to visit Wisconsin this past weekend. Uh, could not because that game was moved to 11 o'clock. Uh, so he had a game and wouldn't be able to get out there in time. So I think... Um, Casimir will visit Wisconsin later on, but USC, that local option, when I say local, I mean Fresno, three or four hour drive. Sure. Uh, still probably closer than uh, Wisconsin. Cal's also heavily involved, but uh, USC and Casimir Allen, that, that could be a fit there. So we will see what happens. Coach Keith, that's all I got. You know, I don't know. It, it, I'm a little confused. Why did it take USC so long to offer Casimir? The only guy only has 99 touchdowns. Yeah. Why is it? He needs a he needs ninety nine to get an offer. I mean, <laughs> you didn't want to offer him at ninety eight. I mean, honestly, the guy is is really under recruited. I mean, Cal, I believe, is the only Pac twelve offer for him. Yeah, I'm and, not sure what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I think again, it's all about projection. They they see a guy who's got you know really quick, explosive, but you know, so is Sean McGrew, right? I mean, Casimir's a little bit undersized. Not for me, dude. For me, I, I love him. I'm, I'm just playing down. How, 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 yeah, how big is he? I'm playing. He's probably five nine. Okay, maybe five ten, maybe one seventy five ish. Okay, so he so he projects to be about a guy who's about two hundred pounds, one ninety, maybe. maybe. Uh, sounds a little bit like a guy from San Diego that they had a few years ago, won some national championships with. I don't know. I don't know. Explosive, quick, can make everybody miss. You talking about Reggie Bush? Yeah, I mean, uh, you that's, know. A pretty. I'm not saying big he leap, is. But hey, I'm not. I'm just saying if you look at the projection, 190, explosive, super fast, super quick. Yeah, can break people down in the open field. I mean, I think the thing I uh, and also about Kaz is obviously he just set a record for uh, most career touchdowns. But the competition he's playing against, people will, will point to and say, you know what? It's not the best competition. It's not you know exactly the Trinity League. Yeah, whatever. So I think people will find a reason. Uh, why they don't want to offer the kid? You put the film in. And <laughs> yeah, I'm a believer. Sorry, it's pretty electric, right? <laughs> no doubt. For me, I, I think if you're an average to even an above average scout, you don't need to see competition. You look at just the kid himself. Yeah, the right? ability. I can see a guy separate and still see four seven. Right. With Kaz, you can see him separate and you're, you're seeing four four. No question. So. 
separation is nice, but if you're actually watching the kid, which is what we're doing, right? You can see the kid is pretty dynamic. So it's not about the stats he's putting up. It's more about. I think the talent he has yeah. and maybe how he projects and is he an every down back? Maybe not, but can he come in and, and be an explosive guy, put him in the slot, third down situations, run the ball 30 times a game? Probably not, but he can still definitely help out a football team I think in a lot, a lot of ways. So At USC, they already have a commitment from a big time back out from the East Coast, correct? He true tripped officially this past weekend. So again, People love to speculate. I'm on the USC boards last night. They're saying, so should we read into the fact that this guy just took his official visit? Now we're off another running back. Did this guy piss people off? Are we still going to take this guy? Yeah, it sounds a little fishy. <laughs> I mean, you're USC. I think you should probably take two backs every year, right? Because you're going to probably lose one early. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Carr is not going to be a four-year guy. Stephen no. Carr is going to be the guy next year. Ronald Jones is going to leave this year and be a first-round pick. Yep. Three and out. Special talent. Stephen Carr will be three and out. Yep. So even if you bring in two... You're not going to ever have, you know, 20 running backs on your no. roster. You're going to have guys leave three years, three and done, because that's who yeah, USC no. is recruiting. So I, I agree. I, I'm a fan. Of, I think we, we're both fans of Casimir. So, yeah. I mean, I think the guy, the team that it hurts is Cal. I think Cal felt like they had this guy locked up. All of a sudden, now here comes USC. Until he ran for 99 yeah. touchdowns. And they're going to say, hey, Casimir, you know, we've, we've been here with you the whole entire time. We've been here. That's what Cal's yeah. going to say. Yeah. We've been with you from the beginning. Yeah. We believed in you first. Come on, Kaz. Hang with us. Hey, man, they need a back. Cal needs a back? They need a, they need a back. Cal needs a back. They need a big-time back to come in there and set it off in Berkeley, in hey, Oakland. Kaz, Coach Keith is saying I'm just, Cal needs a back. I'm just saying that they need a back. I'm not telling you where to go. I'm just saying that they need hey, a man, back. Unless you're hey. Bama or Ohio State, everybody needs a back, right? Hey, it's town business. <laughs> it's town business up in Oakland. All right, shout out to our guys, Look, Jake Parks. Jake, Jake Parks, talk about. I know you yeah, love him, yeah. and uh, oh man, I, I didn't even ask him where he was offered. I, I like him as a guard. Yeah, I know he's playing tackle, but sure. Again, I think San Jose State felt really good about him. Yep. And then here comes Boise State, which yeah. is kind of like you know, in the Mountain West, they're the bully. No question. Right? They come in late, and they can they can kind of do what USC does to Pac-12 schools. They can yeah. offer you late and kind of steal your, you. Yeah. Take yeah. your players. Take your committed players. Yeah. No, like Jake. When I first laid eyes on it, it was kind of like love at first sight, man. It takes me back to when I first time I saw my wife. But That's interesting. Jake was big and physical, and he was mean. And he came off the ball with, with some serious intentions to hurt other people's kids. And I just <laughs> love that about him. Um, I thought he was versatile. I thought he can move his feet. He was laterally. He could move. He can bend. He wasn't a guy being lazy. I just really liked him. He had been. You could tell he had been coached well, also. So it's good to see him after having such a good year pick up the offers. You said I believe Utah State. He's got a San Jose State trip. He's got the Boise offer. So good for Jake. Appreciate you, Jake. Good for you, Jake. Doing your thing over there. Way to go. Yeah, good kid too. So moving along, we got top performers. We got a nice little list. Not as big as normally because, hey, we're moving into the semifinals this week. Yeah, not as many games. Te- yeah, not a lot of teams are sitting at home watching guys play on TV. But let's get started over in SoCal. Want to get to my guy Moises Haynes, the Valencia <laughs> running back. Had a huge night on television. 32 carries, 297, and two touchdowns. Greg? You know, it's so funny that... I have the same guy, but just different stats. This depending on what you know, what newspaper oh, yeah, yeah, we're looking yeah. up. Sure, I had two eighty-eight and two touchdowns. Okay, but uh, yeah, he ran hard. Yeah, he did. We watched that game. That yeah. was a little disappointing. I thought it was going to be a great game, <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't. The second Travis Dye went out, game was over. Game was over. 
How about stay stay uh, in SoCal? How about Mission Viejo, Achille Arnold? Yep. This guy's a converted safety. All he did was go for 324 and five touchdowns against the Orange Lutheran Lancers. And three of those touchdowns were from 60, 80, and 80. He went off, Kelly Arnold. Looking at my top performers, he might have been the top performer of the entire weekend in Southern California. There's another guy I'll get to in a minute. But I want to go down the line. I want to shout out Heritage running back Sherrod White. 25 carries, 128. Three touchdowns and also had two picks on defense. Two. That's big time, Sherrod. We, we've been on your bandwagon all year. And uh, you're still doing your stuff. Take it to modern day really fast. JT Daniels, 16 for 22, 299, three touchdowns. Cornerback, sophomore, Elias Ricks. Two picks, lockdown coverage. Big time plays for the 2020 prospect. GB? Can we stay at modern day for a second? Yep. Did you see the hit Elias Ricks put on Jalen Hall? On that now you, route? No, it was on the fourth and one play. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that was big time right there. That was, that, to me, that was more... That was bigger than the two interceptions. He could have had three. Oh, he shouldn't have. Elias Ricks, you could have had three, my should've. guy. He jumped about a half second early. Yeah. Should have been a Jalen Hall touchdown. I, I know he was kicking himself for that, oh, but he course. redeemed himself in a big way. How about JT mentioned the three touchdowns? Also had two rushing touchdowns. He hurdled the guy. JT, if you had told me at the beginning of the year, hey, see that guy over there with the, with the big ankles? That guy's going to hurdle a guy, a, a, not just a guy, a Long Beach Poly kid, and uh, score a touchdown would have said, dude, you must be smoking some serious stuff right now. That guy can't hurdle me laying down. Dude, JT, <laughs> props to that guy, man. He's, he has, like you said, he's kind of transformed himself in a big way. It's kind of cool. And here's the thing, Greg, and I just want to touch on that really quickly so our listeners can understand what my thought process is. The, the Long Beach Poly kid did not try to go low on JT. He didn't try to dive in yeah, his knees. Yeah, yeah. He didn't try to hit him in his ankles. He tried to hit him high. JT got up about six feet into the air. That was impressive, man. No, I agree. I told you, there's was a difference. So there, that, that's a good, you know, it wasn't a guy diving at his ankles. No, no. Because that's, anybody can hurdle. That's not a hurdle. That's just a hop. Yeah. He didn't hop, he hurdled. No, that was, that was so it's impressive. Like Edwin Moses. Back in the day. That might have been the most impressive play I've seen from him all year. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, let's go to Paraclete. Running back, the freshman, 2021 prospect, Amir Duda Bankhead. The Bankhead. 235 and two touchdowns for Paraclete. Amir Bankhead getting his Bankhead bounce on. I see you, young fella. Take it to Bosco, DJ Ui Analele. 380 yards, four touchdowns. He continues to shoot fire out of that right arm. <laughs> GB? I'm going to go with some I'm going to go with some some little uh some lesser known guys. Okay, good. With help from our, our my oh guys OC Varsity. Yep. How about this? How about El Toro who continues to win games. They beat Lompoc. Yeah. Coming upset. Upset. How about a 6 feet 200 pounds nose guard for El Toro, Raymond Carpenter, six sacks. Okay, Raymond. Six sacks. He's got 19 on the year. This guy is six feet and he's 200 pounds. He's playing nose guard. SC, we need that offer. Dude, no, this is like Terry Donahue played tack the tackle at you know UCLA weighing like what 220 or something. Yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. So Raymond Carpenter, you're you're about five decades behind. Yeah, you are. But dude, how gritty and tough do you have to be to survive against Lompoc yeah. in the trenches? Who has a physical team? I didn't even know Lompoc threw the ball six times, more or less, you know, to get six sacks. So props to you, Raymond Carpenter from El Toro High School. They're gonna survive in advance and keep moving on. Minutes. 
six feet two hundred. I love that story, man. You're man. playing with quickness, speed, and toughness, man. You must have got some serious guts. Can I go to Narbonne High School real go, quick? Go, go. How, how about our guy? How about Jalen Chapman, fifteen to twenty-four for three sixty-six and two touchdowns? Jermaine Jefferson, the running back, Jamar. What did I say? You said Jermaine. I said Jermaine twice. Yeah. Jermaine right. Chapman. Yeah. Jamar Jefferson. 16 on 182. 16 carries, 182, and four touchdowns. And then our guy, linebacker Darian Butler. Not to be confused with Jermaine Butler. There is no Jermaine Butler. I just, I just want to say Jermaine one more time. Yeah. Darian Butler. About 12 tackles, six for loss, and a couple sacks. Nice What's- job, Darian Butler. I love DB. I love all three of those linebackers over there at Narbonne. Let's stay in the city section, Greg. How about Charles Mincy Jr., the Dorsey running back? Three touchdowns and a big win. Moving his team along in the playoffs. Let's take it to Oaks Christian. Defensive back Robert Fletcher, two interceptions. Game-changing plays for the Oaks Christian Lions. Take it really quickly to Paramount. Running back Pierre Robinson, nine carries, 189 yards, two touchdowns. The young fella got busy, GB. How about we go to Centennial High School? Again, that game is kind of marred by the injury to shoot several players, not just Tanner yeah, McKee. Yeah, several but, guys. Yeah, Hank the Bank went out. Yeah. Uh, Spike got a separate shoulder, so he only played, I think, a half. But how about Thomas Kinslow, the junior running back for Centennial? Ten carries for 221 yards and five touchdowns. They usually alternate, but, you know, between him and, and uh, Octavio Cartez, but right. it was the Kinslow show with the five touchdowns, 221 yards, Centennial over Murata Valley to move into the semifinals. want to go back to Oaks Christian. My, my man, Kayvon Thibodeau, showing up and showing out. Another three-sack performance. The junior really starting to light it up and come on. Like you said, Greg, he might be getting close to 15 to 20 on the year. Chaparral, defensive end, Javon Hill, he also had two sacks. He's been playing well all season, the Chaparral DN. Marietta Mesa quarterback Jeff Miller, this might have been a performance of the weekend in SoCal. 478 yards and seven touchdowns, Greg. The fighting Jeff Miller's at Marietta Mesa. Nice job, doing work. Doing an excellent job. Shout out to Jeff, the big 6'6", 6'7", quarterback. His wide receiver, Geo Sanders, he had 308 yards catching, Greg. Five touchdowns and had two interceptions. That's a huge performance. Huge. Cannot understate that. It is huge. <laughs> 308, Capital five touchdowns, H-U-G-E. two interceptions. Go with it, GB. How about Upland High School had a couple of running backs that are both pretty dang good. Kyle Jones, three touchdowns, and Cameron Davis, the junior, each had three touchdowns as they rolled over Cathedral High School. But in a losing effort, we still saw sophomore quarterback Bryce Young do some work. He threw for 328 and one touchdown and also rushed for two more touchdowns. Want to take it back to the Oaks Christian. I think I cheated my guy. DB Robert Fletcher. So he had two picks. We talked about that. He also blocked a punt. He also tipped another punt. So I don't want to shortchange my guy. Robert Fletcher, I see you doing your thing. Take it back to that Corona Centennial game. Our man, Marquis Spiker, the wide receiver, at Marietta Valley, 150-plus yards receiving, two touchdowns. He ends his career as yeah, the leading, leading the receiving touchdown getter. In state history, yeah. In state and history. He did that in like one and a half quarters. Yeah. Oh, I told you, he was going to get like money. He was, yeah, running, yeah, he was running open, man. Yeah, doesn't bowl well. That's something we'll talk about later yeah, on when yeah. we do game reviews on Friday. Yeah. But he, they had a multiple guys running open. Multiple guys. 
Hey, uh, how about we go to Aquinas? Go with it, yes. Hey, we're both uh, yeah. tweeted, or yep. uh, what do you call it? What's tagged? Tagged. tagged. Yep. How about Brandon Rankins? Yep. 308 yards and six touchdowns. He's now number three all-time for California. Uh, most rushing yards in a career with 8,066. Number two is my guy, Lorenzo Booker yeah. from St. Bonaventure. Yeah. Yeah, one, St. Bonaventure. When, we, when we kind of get close to recruiting, we'll do a little story time with GB. One of my all-time worst recruiting stories involves Lorenzo Booker. I'll share that one maybe in December or January. You guys cannot wait to hear that. That Trust was a me. horrible, horrific story involving myself that scarred me to this day. I can see that. And there's a guy... I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, Trust yeah, me. yeah. You teased it. You teased it. We'll be ready for it. Let's take it to uh, Mayfair. Four touchdowns for running back Trey Anderson. Quarterback Jeff Widener out of Apple Valley, three touchdown passes. And then quarterback Dominique Thompson out of Cypress, also with three touchdown passes. And that does it for me in SoCal. GB, you got anything else? I think I might be. You know what? I, I do. I Let's go to the city. I have We have Nalen Fumuana. Uh, San Diego State commit, linebacker for Carson High yep, School. Carson. They rolled. He had two interceptions and forced a fumble. So nice. three turnovers for Nayland. Nice job. That's it for me from SoCal. But I got one guy out of Arizona. Go with it. Love this kid. Gunnar Romney. Yeah. Channel High School. How about these last five games? But let's start with last weekend alone, he had eight catches for 223 yards and five touchdowns. Romney's last five games... 42 catches for 898 and 11 touchdowns. That's for five games. This guy's a stud, too. I believe he's committed to BYU. He made yeah. the opening uh, by going the, doing it the hard way. He went to the Elite 11 finals, and they had each quarterback brought a receiver. Yeah. They said, we're going to have a receiver MVP. He got MVP out of all those receivers that were at uh, Redondo earned, High School. He earned the opening. He earned a bite to, to nice. the, uh, the opening that way. So Gunnar Romney is a stud. He's just blowing up right now. Nice job, Gunnar. Let's go to his, his teammate in Arizona. Chandler linebacker Jack Bowers, two interceptions and two forced fumbles. So he got four turnovers on the night. That's not bad. Doing a nice job, no question about it. Let's take it to San Diego. Ote Ranch running back Sammy Peronada, 18 carries, 134, three touchdowns. Mission Hills quarterback Jack Tuttle, 331, three touchdowns. Chris Calhoun, two interceptions for Mission Hills, five tackles for loss and a pick six. I see you, Chris, balling out. Helix running back, Eli Noah, 160 yards. And then Monta Vista running back, Jamon McClendon, he's a repeat performer, 183 yards, two touchdowns. Takes the NorCal real quick. Fremont running back, I'm going to butcher this name, Greg, so help me out here. Antonio Faetaeti. <laughs> That's not bad. Faetaeti, the running back from Fremont, 18 carries. Listen to this, 440 yards and four touchdowns. That's going bananas. And then our guy, Casimir Allen. I don't even have his stats down, Greg. But I tell you what, I just like saying the name Casimir Allen. You know Casimir got some money. GB, what did he do? You know what? I thought we already did him. I deleted his stats. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Okay, we'll get back to you, Cashmere. <laughs> We're going to take it to Utah real quick. Quarterback Cam Cooper led his team to a state championship. Yes, I saw that. Seven touchdowns. Cam has been balling all year. He's been on our show multiple times. Great job by the by the big lefty. Nevada, Reno, running back, linebacker, Brandon Cajo. 11 carries, 133, two touchdowns, and nine tackles on defense. Could be the best linebacker in the country? Maybe. Top five? No, no, no. Top three? No. 
He's top two, and he's not two. Dude, our boy Trent Herzog, man, he loves this guy. Top, listen to what I said, Greg. Top two, and he's not two. So you're saying he's the best, best, linebacker, best in the linebacker in the country. Best linebacker in the country. Can I remind you of anybody? Do not say Keith Miller. I'm leaving no, the show right now. No, no, Remind me a little bit of Robert Thomas. Okay. Remember the old Imperial linebacker? Of course I remember Robert, we're in the Robert same Thomas. Class? Yeah. First round pick of the Rams. Yep. Brandon Cahill is special. At UCLA. Yeah, yeah, won the buckets. Brandon Cahill is special. Uh, and then his offensive lineman. I want to shout my guy out, Junior Finau. Give love for those offensive linemen. They, he's a, they need. He's a six foot three, three hundred pound road grader on the interior, opening up holes and pancaking guys to the floor. To the floor. Nice it, Junior Finau. I see you over there. Uh, take it to Hawaii, St. Louis wide receiver Jonah Panoki. You got a nice story about I this do. kid in this game. Yeah. I'm at eight catches, 152, and I'll let Greg talk about that a little bit later. And then St. Louis linebacker Noah Purcell had 12 tackles. One take it really quickly to Washington. Sum- Sumner athlete Trey Weed, 240 all-purpose yards. He had an 85-yard pick six. And that does it. I do have. I found Casimir's stats. Oh, let's get back to Cas. Command Z works really good. Command Z. If you're at home, if you want to, you know, you delete something, you hit Command Z a bunch of times and whatever. Command Z. Wow. About, so Casimir, 198 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, it's like pedestrian. Kaz, that's usually a quarter for you, Cas. <laughs> yes, a half at least. But you know what? They rolled, so they're gonna. They survived in advance. Uh, so again, mentioned it earlier. Broke the state record for rushing touchdowns. Now he has 66. He broke Tyler Ebell's record. He played at Ventura High School. Yep. The second most famous alum out of Ventura, behind my guy, Brandon Huffman. So Tyler Ebell had 64. Kaz, 66 and counting, because they are still playing. They have at least one more game to go. He might get five or six this week. So, so good job, Kaz. Yeah, 66 so, and counting. So here's the deal. I've got to spend... Listen to how I'm going to say this. I've got to spend the weekend with my... In-laws. I get to spend the weekend with my in-laws up in uh, the kind of San Jose area, Gilroy yeah. area. And uh, my one of my former players, Jabril Frazier, who plays at Boise State, yeah. they play Fresno State this weekend. Okay. Going to try to go to that game. Are you? Yeah. If I do, I might catch Kaz's game Friday night, stay the night in Fresno, and then catch the Boise State-Fresno State game. Interesting. You know, I was actually not just to bandwagon or piggyback. So Tony Perry's funeral is this Saturday in Fresno. Right. I was actually thinking of maybe trying to go catch his game Friday night, stay wow. in, stay the night, yeah, and then do the TP funeral. I had eleven o'clock for the funeral. Yeah. Which is like you can't really get up in the morning. I'm not a morning guy, so yeah. get up at five. Yeah, you, you, you can't night. Friday night drive after a game and what fall asleep at the wheel at two o'clock. So the yeah. only way I could go to this Tony Perry's is if I go to a game. I'm already there, so. That'd be hilarious if we actually bumped into each other. If you didn't say that story, I wouldn't even have said mine. We might have just bumped into each other's sidelines. Yeah, say, what like, the heck hey, are you GD, doing here? What are you doing here? That would be classic. Yeah, no. So, Kaz, we, we may get down to your game, man. I mean, you your season, your talent has warranted uh, our presence. Ain't no question about it. We are the transparent truth. So, you know, if we're in the building, you know it's big time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout out to... Shout out to Kaz and, and that Tulare Union team. And shout out to my guy, Jabril Frazier, out there killing it for Boise State. One of my former guys, man. He's top 10 in the country in sacks. Best pass rusher in the country. You guys look out for him. Number 8 for Boise State. 6'5", 245, coming off that edge. GB, we got Sleeper of the Week coming up. We ready for the Sleeper of the Week? 
Let's we do ready it. for it? Let's do it. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. So I got a guy goes to Damien High School. He's a 6'2 corner, Zuron Manley. I'm a big fan of long, athletic defensive backs. This kid's just a junior. I love to promote the guys that have a year ahead, so maybe if you're a college, you can kind of keep your eye on this kid, Damien High School. But he's 6'2 and long, and I'm not comparing to him stylistically, but I'm just saying frame-wise, you're going to see a little bit of Elijah Blades in that he's 6'2", but he's lean. He's not one of those big, bulky guys. You're going to say, oh, he's a safety. Or maybe he'll bulk up to a linebacker. This guy is really lean. Yeah. Runs track. Good. Long arms. Good feet. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm watching the highlight film, so you don't see the bad plays on a highlight tape. Of but just ball awareness is there. Yeah. Short area burst is there. Physical cality is there. You you had me at 6'2, lean and can run. Right there, I need to take a look. Take a look. Yeah, right take there. Take a look. I mean, I've, I've seen Zaron. And, I mean, as far as a college coach is concerned, recruiting is concerned, if you say 6'2", long and can run, I need to see that tape. And, and and I don't know about you, GB. I prefer to see highlights. Let me see you at your best. Yeah. Because I can – let me critique your best. I don't really need to see you at your worst. Because whatever you are at your best, I can help you improve from that as a coach. That's what I'm thinking in my yeah. head. So, I agree. The one thing I, I – you don't – Quarterbacks is the one position you have to see a game oh, take because yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. you see quarterbacks. I can see them live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you can't always see like I'm a big deal. I'm toughness is big for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, as it is for you. Yeah. You can't always see toughness on a highlight tape. So I want to see does he shy away from contact? Can that be taught? Yeah, maybe. We've seen a lot of guys that if you're soft in high school, you're gonna probably be soft in college. You either you either you're either a dog or you're not, right? So when they run a little sweep your side. Are you kind of running out of the way? Are you kind of like block me? Someone block this guy's blocking. Me. I can't. I can't get there. Or are you trying to you know shed that block, come in there and make a play? And I saw Manly doing that. I saw him shedding blocks and going in and hitting people. So good. I kind of saw a, a lot of skill, a lot of talent, and and again, like you mentioned, man, you're six two and you're lean. Automatically, you should be on everybody's radar. So no, no offers yet. You know yeah. he's kind of under the radar recruit. But if you're a college man, get to Damien High School and check this kid out this spring. Shout out to Zaron Manley, our sit and sleep sleeper of the week here on the Transparent Truth. You know, it's interesting, Greg. You said if a guy's soft in high school, most likely he's going to be soft in college. You know, you don't want to see guys kind of wanting to get blocked. <laughs> it takes me back to this USC UCLA game. I'm watching USC drive the ball, and old, old Sammy Darnold runs the zone read inside the five, and he cuts up, and just seemed like nobody wanted to hit him. Sam was a big boy. 
Let me tell you something. If Sam played when I played, I would have hit him right in his face. And he would have laughed and said, hey, nice hit. After he got up off the I, ground. I just scored a touchdown anyway on you. No. After he got up off the ground. Dude, you were what? You played at what, 205-ish? 5'10"? In college? No, when you were played at high, in high school. Well, he's in college, Greg. I, I, I'm going to compare a college guy to you in high school. That just makes it more. Okay. That's my, that's I, I, tell I, us my, I, tell was, my I, argument. Okay, I was about, I was 215, 5'11", 215. You were 215 in high school? Yeah, my senior year. Okay. 215. So, yeah, I would hit him in his face. Go ask Andy Peake. He and knows. they would have said, flag, targeting, you're out of the game. That's all right. I was, I'm not, I wasn't soft, though. <laughs> well, now, now the team's playing out their best linebacker. Early, hey, the, hey, hey, but listen, or one of their best. it's not about the team. It's about me. There you go. There it's, you go. It's not about the team. There's the it's true Keith me. coming out. No, that that's not the true Keith. No, I and team. There's an I and Keith. No, there's definitely there was team an first. I and Keith. But uh, let's move along, GB. We <laughs> have to get to game recaps, quarterfinal game recaps, yeah. playoffs recaps. Get us started, my man. Oh man, so many games. I don't even know where to start. So, what should I pull out of the hat? How about we go? You know what? I'm gonna go. Let's do this. Um, because we don't always show them enough enough love. I'm just gonna do a quick little city playoff recap. Okay. Okay. Because I screwed up last week. I did. They had a buy last week. I was. I totally, completely ruined the whole city. Uh, I think that was on the Friday show. Yeah. That trying was to, re- trying big, to redeem yeah. myself right yeah, now. Yeah. But just uh, a, a couple of quick updates. So Narbon over San Pedro, 40 to 14. They're gonna play Fairfax. Game of the week in the city was Fairfax over Birmingham, 40 to 35. So in one semifinal, we have Fairfax and Narbonne. And we'll give a quick little shout out for that one on Friday night. But I'm gonna say Narbonne's gonna win that one. We're gonna, gonna win that one because Narbonne's yeah, good. But Carson beat Venice 31 to 17. Crenshaw all over Banning, 61 to 13. So that semifinal looks is actually a pretty good looking game. Crenshaw playing Carson in one semifinal, and the winner of that game will play the winner of the Fairfax and Narbonne game. So a little bit of city love right there. And I mentioned before, you mentioned it, the uh, the St. Louis Kahuku game, and just to set the stage, these two teams are, are really the class of Hawaii, and they're so much better than everybody else. And there's some other good teams, you know, Punahou was always really good out there too. Sure. But it's always St. Louis, and it's the co- it's the awesome contrast versus you have St. Louis is the you know the kind of the wealthier private school. You have Kahuku, who's off that North Shore. I, I've visited both schools before. Right. Kahuku's right, you know, the North Shore, the big waves are. You know, it's the public schools. They don't have the nice facilities. They're just kind of tough and physical, and you know how both these teams have incredible alums. But St. Louis, for the second year in a row, uh, took down Kahuku 31 to 28 to win a state title. And you mentioned, you know, Shemin Cordero to Jonah Pinocchi to win the game. Uh, or I don't know, maybe you didn't mention that, but I'm going to mention it. Yeah. So this was Kahuku took a lead. Uh, they have a really good looking 2020 quarterback, Sol J. Maeva. Yes, yeah, Sol J. So he's we talked about him. That's Kahuku's quarterback, yeah. right? So he threw, he probably could be a top performer. He threw 252 and four touchdowns for Sol J. Ain't bad. So Kahuku's up. In that game, 37 seconds left. Cordero goes deep ball to Pinocchi, 53 yards. It was a, a basically he mossed a kid. It was nice. Again, you can kind of question why is one-on-one coverage with this? They're both going to Hawaii. Pinocchi and, and Cordero are both Hawaii commits, so no safety help over the top. Pinocchi with a great catch, mossed a kid, and runs in the end zone. 
53-yard bomb with just 30 seconds, 37 seconds left for St. Louis. That was the, again, alma mater-wise, Tua Tagovailoa won a state title last year at St. Louis. So these two schools are big time. I mean, if they played out here in Southern California, they would, uh, they would be really good. You know, they would be, you know, St. Louis beat Narbonne. Right. So, I mean, these two teams are legit. They're not just playing Hawaii teams. They're, they're really good. So I want to give some love to the Hawaii teams. Uh, so how about we start off with uh, Upland Cathedral? Yeah, let's Keith. do that. So Upland took down Cathedral 59-20. to uh, Kind of mentioned some of the stat stars. Upland kept the ball on the ground. We thought that might be a, a little duel between the two quarterbacks. The junior David Baldwin, the sophomore Bryce Young. I think, I think David only threw the ball nine times in that game. So not a really a, a back and forth deal. Yeah. But you had Kyle Jones with 104 yards and three touchdowns. You had Cameron Davis for 126 yards and three touchdowns. Justin Flo, Jaden Devin both had double-digit tackles in that one. You know, interesting game. It was close near halftime, right? So Upland's up 17 to 12 with 39 seconds left. Cathedral okay. just scored. Yeah, 17-12. Cuts the lead to five. Sure. And then Devin Chandler for Upland goes 93 yards, kickoff return for a touchdown. So instead of being down by five, you're either the underdog, you just scored, you're feeling really good about yourself, you're going to go into halftime. Instead, now all of a sudden it's 25 to 12. And who took it back? Uh, Devin Chandler for okay. Upland. Okay, Devin Chandler. So it, that takes makes, makes that five-point lead. To a 12-point lead. And, and it's just, you're, it's kind of demoralized. Sure. You're battling, you're scratching, you're clawing. These guys are bigger, stronger. They're on the ground, they're pounding you with these two kids. Right. And now you give up a 93-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to Devin Chandler. That's pretty much game over right there. How much time was left in the half when that kickoff return? 39 seconds left. So why would you kick it deep? Why wouldn't you squib it? I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe they thought there was uh, I, I don't know how, how many timeouts they had. I've seen so many awful squib kicks where the team starts off, starts at the 40-yard line. So maybe they just thought the guy could get in the end zone. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they thought they had... The, yeah, I mean, it, you know, squib is an option is squib, what I'm saying. No, I like yeah. the squib if there's like maybe two or three seconds left. But yeah. shoot, I've seen so many times the team squibs it. And all it does is it gives the guy a short field. And you're going, man, why can't you kick it deep? So you kick it deep. The guy goes 93 yards. So yeah. you can hindsight it all you want. But uh, regardless, Devin Chandler, you know, took it to the house. And that was pretty much the dagger yeah. right there. Because second half was, was all upland. Apparently the game got ugly. I think Cathedral had like over 100 yards in penalties in the, in the second half alone, uh, so maybe got a little chippy was uh, was the talk after the game. But Upland, again, really, really good team. They should probably be in D1. They're, yeah. uh, they're kind of the class of D2, although it's a loaded D2. Upland survives and advances. Cathedral, great season, uh, but going home in the quarterfinal round. Yeah, a little disappointed here, David Baldwin. Only got the chance to get the ball in the air a few times, Greg. Really kind of wanted to see him and Bryce kind of go at it, duel, you know, in a, in a nice little quarterback duel. But, I mean, I understand Upland, they've got three really good running backs. they got a physical offensive line. Pounding the rock against Cathedral is probably the right thing to do. Seemed like it worked out well for Upland, so can't be mad at that. Uh, like you said, Upland surviving and moving along and uh, – Man, they got a really good team. Like you said, probably should be in Division One. Yeah, so they're going to play Oaks Christian this weekend. I heard Bryce Young was phenomenal, though. Yeah, Bryce is special. No doubt. You know, Bryce is doing Bryce things. I think uh, Bryce is going to take an unofficial visit to Oregon this weekend. 
Bryce has already been to Oklahoma and Washington, so Bryce is getting those visits done early. He wants to commit this summer probably a year early. Yeah, you commit before guys like uh, DJ and uh, you know all those other 2020. Yeah, beat the guys yeah. to the punch. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. So speaking of elite quarterbacks, uh, another guy uh, we love who didn't have a huge statistical game, Cajon took down San Juan Hills 42-21. to And if you would have told me ahead of time that Jaden Daniels, 2019 quarterback, would go 8 of 19 for 142, Mm. I would have said, dude, we won the game probably. I would have felt really good about my chances. Unfortunately, out of those eight completions, four were touchdowns. Yeah. So that's a pretty good, that's 28 points right there. Uh, And he also rushed for 120 and a touchdown. Oh. So he still had his deal. He's had five touchdowns. Yeah, 300 yards. Darren Jones. Yeah. Four caught four of those uh, touchdowns. He caught all four. Well, touchdowns? Caught all four. Yeah. No, four, four catches. Four catches. Three touchdowns. Oh well, that's you know that's terrible. How does he, how does this guy even get on? I the don't field? know, man. He he should just quit right now. Turning your gear, not Darren making Jones. It four. If you're not gonna go four for four, just don't even play. So four catches for one fourteen and three touchdowns. And again, Cajon, five sacks. They had three interceptions. You mentioned Javon Hill. Jay Perk had a big game with like twelve or thirteen tackles. So San Juan Hills is solid. You know, we had a Huffman on Brandon Huffman last week talking sure. about the San Juan Hills. Right. I think they beat Redondo Redondo, was the game. Yeah. Yeah. So Cajon puts up a a nice little 21-point... Defensive performance. Yeah. Beat him by 21, beat him by three touchdowns, and without Jaden Daniels just going off. So defensively, you're you're in a good spot. Offensively, you're doing well. So Cajon, that was our pick to to win that division. I think think we're both feeling pretty good about that pick right now. I mean, the guy... Listen, Jaden Daniels... He completed eight balls, four of them were for touchdowns. I'll take that. The completion percentage wasn't high, but again, we didn't see the tape. We weren't there, so I can't judge on what happened or what. You know, at least four or five of them were drops, <laughs> at least. as you would like to at say, least. GB. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, how special has Darren Jones been? I mean, he's uh, he, should, he should be in the running for state player of the year. What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. I think. Yeah, he, how many you, touchdowns does this guy have? He gets like four all, all of them. Yeah, he's got a lot of them, and... And to think, you know, he's always, this is his first year ever being a full-time football player. And I don't know if he's even going to be a, be a football guy in the spring. I need to ask about that because he's a, he's a D1 basketball player, too. Yeah, so. with big-time offers. We'll see. But Cajon's going to play Jeff Miller and Murata Mesa. In, oh, that's going to be a In the semifinal. Sh- yeah. What, wow. over under 100? Yeah. We said, yeah. We said that in the Murata Valley Centennial game. and um, Coach Turner over there at Marietta, Marietta Mesa. Right? Should we Marietta go? Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go? Why don't I just segue yeah. to the Centennial Mirror to Valley game right now since I just kind of said over under on that game is going to be 100? And it was 77 to 34. And shoot, Hank, the tank, I know you got something to say right now, you right? You know I do. You know I do. GB, why? Why must people do this to me? Let's just dive right in. Can I dive in really quick? Go ahead. I know you're dying to. So, 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 so last week, I come up with a new, I had a nickname alert, come up with a new nickname from a man, Hank Bachmeyer, quarterback, Marietta Valley. I no longer call him Hank Bachmeyer. His name is Tank Bachmeyer. Tank Bachmeyer. Love the nickname. Tank, he's a, a physical quarterback. I don't know if people know that about him. When he runs, he's hard to tackle. That's why I called him Tank Bachmeyer. So I'm watching. What am I watching, Greg? You're watching. I don't know the name of the show. 
I'm watching Petros. Petros and, and Fred Rogan. And, Fred, and the Rogan it, show. Rogan's Heroes. Rogan's Heroes. Yeah. And, and, and they're talking about Marietta Valley Centennial. And Petros says, Hank the Tank Bachmeyer. I almost lost it. My wife said she thought I was having a heart attack. My kids ran from their rooms in the back. Daddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? This guy just took my nickname. I need some credit. Man, listen. 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 This is copyright infringement. Petros is a friend of mine. Copyright infringement. Do you really think Cease and Petros heard you say this on the Transparent Truth? It, and he said, I'm going to steal that from this guy. I'm going to use that on Rogan's Heroes. No, it's, it's, it's subconscious, Greg. Yeah? It's a great nickname. It might slip. It's just it's a, not it's a that Freudian many things slip. that rhyme with bank. Yes, it is. Yeah, come on. You've never heard Lil Wayne talk? you never heard him rap? Give You've me never a, listened to what a else could you? What else could you use other than take? Spank Bachmeyer. Because he's spanking other teams. Spank Bachmeyer. <laughs> you know what? That's not bad. <laughs> that ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about the game. Yeah, but really quickly. No, we already you went. Think, it's already you think been Petros two. is not listening to the transfer. I don't think he's listening I to the show. I guarantee you, Petros listens you know to the transfer. I'm going to text him and ask him if he does. I bet he does not. I, he should. I bet you, Pete. You should be listening to the show. Yeah. You know, he, he'd be he'd be a funny guest. No, hey, Petros is a cool dude. He, man. We, dude, I he like was the a guy hell a of a high school football player. Ain't no doubt about that. No, dude. He people don't realize, dude. He was four four. No question. It had size. And Big he time was, size. And he could run. Ain't no doubt about it. No, Petrus would joke about this, so I can joke about it. But he, he, you know, if he didn't like, you know, doing some stuff, uh, I, you know, I'm just gonna leave it at that. But Petrus is a good football player. Yeah, he was. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Let's leave it at we'll that. that. So let's move along. So Centennial took down Mission uh, Mission Murata Valley, 77 to 34. Centennial rushed for 603 yards. Rushed for 603 yards. But it was a game where we had Tanner McKee went out early. We had Hank went out early. Spike went out early. I mean, Spike had those two touchdowns in the first quarter alone. Centennial kept on the ground. Uh, I mentioned Thomas Kinslow already with the five touchdowns. Octavio Cortez had 165 yards rushing himself. I'll tell you what, though. What was what was alarming for me. We knew Centennial could, could move the football. Because Murata Valley... Defense has always been very civ-like. Civ, it's been civ-like, right? That's not being mean. It's just that's just how they've played. They needed to match score for score. Hank the Tank, he was off a little bit. He, he he's usually one of the most accurate guys. I think he would even say he, there were some guys running open that he missed. Wasn't his best game, sure. But the thing that was kind of alarming for me was what we saw in the Narco game, what we saw in the Cerro game. The fact that there was guys open for him to miss. Now you're playing Bosco. If you win, you play modern day. You can't let these guys run open with five yards of separation. You no. can't do it. No. Because DJ will hit those guys. JT will hit those guys. Hank will hit those guys normally. So Centennial survives. They advance. Hopefully Tenor's back this weekend. He's yeah. got to do the whole concussion protocol deal. I think he's good enough. I, I think mean, he's gonna be good. He flew to Washington, so yeah, usually if, if you're you good enough to fly to Washington, yeah. I got a concussion playing hockey once, playing roller hockey, and I had to go fly, and they wouldn't let me. So he's able to fly yeah, to Washington. Be, yeah, he's good. But I'll tell you what, man, Centennial's gonna have to score 77 against Bosco to win because that defense, 
even though they're good up front. Yeah, the second. I like the front struggling. seven. I like Drake and I like obviously Cameron Pritcher, Pritcher and yeah. a couple other guys. Man, they need to lock it up on that back back end. No, 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 no. That's not a matchup, Greg. They're gonna get chewed up on the back end. They got to score. We'll get we'll we'll get to that. Okay. But yeah, you're right. You're you're absolutely right. Cannot agree any more than what you just said. How about the TV game? Was a game? I know Fox is probably kicking themselves because there were some great prep zone games, but the game they picked for the TV game was Valencia Norco. Yeah. And I, I've been in those meetings before. Nothing scares a production crew more than a blowout because they know when the game starts to get out of hand, people click off that TV and put on something else. People oh, yeah. don't like to sit through, you know, 30, 40 point blowouts. Sure. Norco was rolling coming into this game, looking really good, right? Played Centennial tough for three quarters. Yeah. Valencia was a good. This looked like a great game on paper. This game at one point was 39-7. to seven. Mm. And at that point in the time... I turned to channel. Channel's getting turned. <laughs> no one's watching this anymore. Travis Dye got hurt on the seventh play of the game. Javon Wilson, who's Valencia's kind of yeah. equivalent, he got hurt in the first play of the game. Yeah. So if you, you watch a high school game for two reasons. You watch it because it's going to be a great game or for individual stars. Sure. Not only did the game get out of hand, but two of the stars you t- tuned in to watch, got they hurt. were done within seven plays yeah. of them, of you know each team's seventh play. Most Haynes went off. Defensively, Valencia was just relentless with that pressure. They are. How about this? I don't know why this guy wasn't a stat star, top performer. How about Josh Daniel, defensive end for Valencia? He tipped a pass, intercepted for a touchdown, and then he had a block punt that he picked up and scooped and scored for a touchdown. So this guy scored two touchdowns Yeah, on a, a little tip to himself and a scoop and score off a block punt. Narco's kind of bright spot was Matea Thomas, like their receiver, tight end. He had three touchdown catches for, for Narco. They kind of fought to the end. Put up 35 points, so sure. they, they battled, but man, this game was done early, early, early in the game. At halftime, the game was over. Uh, Valencia is really good. Remember they what really they did to good. Jack Miller early in the really year of, good, yeah. of uh, Chaparral, yeah. Arizona, right? They just absolutely tormented that kid who's a big-time recruit, and they just dumped him on his head multiple times. Valencia gets after the passer. Valencia's on that collision course, it looks like, with Upland, man. Yeah, they're gonna play. Uh, they're gonna it, play Heritage. Yeah, it's gonna good. So yeah, I don't want to shortchange Heritage. Yeah. Good semifinal matchups. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We will talk about that. How about Mission Viejo? Goes two weeks in a row over a Trinity League team. They took down Orange Lutheran, forty-eight to thirty-five. But don't let that final score fool you. It was a little bit closer than that. Mission jumped up early, fourteen to zero. Olu rallies. Mission scores. Olu kept. That was kind of the the. the Basically, the theme of the game. At one point, Olu finally ties it at 28. Mm. It's the fourth quarter, and then Achille Arnold goes 80 yards. Boom. Arnold, difference maker. Three and out for Olu. Arnold goes 61 yards. Boom. All of a sudden, it goes from 28-28 to 41-28. to What do you think about this? Achilles Arnold for mission? Achilles heel for Orange Lou. I think he would go with that. Achilles' heel, Achilles' heels for Orange Lou was that run defense. 
it bit him. Yeah. And in the end, that was been their Achilles heel all year. And Achilles Arnold from Mission Viejo coming on strong. With they did what we thought Shamanad would do, which yeah. was run the football. Right. But unfortunately for Shamanad, they yeah. had a, a not healthy Andrew Van Bully. So. Achille Arnold was the bully yeah. in this one, but he he was quick and explosive. Again, three touchdowns over sixty yards. That's that's doing work. But hey, but Arzu Arzu rallied, rallied one more time, so they score a touchdown. So now it's forty-one to thirty-five. They stop Mission Viejo. They get the ball back on their own three with like a minute left, a little less than a minute left. Down six. Yep. And then uh, Ryan Kennedy formation. With a pick six with 34 seconds left. That's and a that, tough one. That was a dagger. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were out of timeouts, and Ryan Ryan was good. He threw for two touchdowns, threw for 294, also rushed for one touchdown. So Helensky battled. But uh, mission was tough. So Ryan Kenny with the pick six made the final score 48 to 35, but it was 41 yeah, to 35. 35. They missed an extra point. So, man, if, if Ryan could have rallied them with the 38 seconds left or whatever, it would have been a phenomenal ending. Ryan Kennedy's a good-looking safety. I remember him watching him early in the year when I saw him play Santa Margarita. This kid was all over the field. So, Mission is now going to take on Modern Day. Again, that will be for the Friday preview show. That will be their fourth training league team. They've already beaten Servite and Orange Lou, and they beat Santa Margarita during the regular right season. So, yeah. now they're going to try to play their fourth training league team. And Modern Day is a different kind of animal. That'll be a tough one for the Diablos. Yeah, interested to hear about how that that Elijah Griffin-Kyle Ford matchup, how that went. Haven't really gotten any reports from it yet, Yeah, I'm going to get the tape of that game, and Coach Keith's going to break it down, ain't no doubt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Chris Mitchell, Austin Osborne. I know Joey Allen put up modest numbers, had a couple interceptions, uh, but Mission Viejo had six sacks. They were able to get to Helensky, yeah. pressured him. So, obviously, that's going to be the key for them moving forward is can they pressure JT, kind of get him off his spot. So, uh, yeah, a lot of game with game within the game matchups. That that would have been a great game to actually watch with our own eyes. Yeah. How about a, a game we did see? Modern Day took down Long Beach Poly 55 to 13. And this is a game, you know, Modern Day never punted. Not once. Yeah. The whole entire game. Had the ball in the, in the first half four times. They scored all four times. JT was never sacked. Part of that was because they have a phenomenal offensive line and part of it is because JT's better now at, at kind of eluding pressure but yeah you mentioned JT threw for almost 300 all the touchdowns uh, Amon Ra was his top guy he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns Elias Ricks at defensive front was really really good they kind of harassed Matt Corral he threw a couple interceptions I thought Matt did a good job the first half we didn't have anything open he protected the, fo- protected the football he ran when he needed to. I saw him through the ball out of bounds several times. And then I think I went outside to walk my dog. And you texted me and said, Matt just threw an, intercep- Matt just threw an interception off of a, a kind of a hurried. Yeah. And I'm like, dang it. Yeah. I was I was proud of the guy for you know being protecting yeah. the football. But sure. that's, that's hard to constantly throw the ball away or run. When you know that you're a playmaker, you, you want to squeeze it in there. Yeah. and that's You're part losing of by that- what? Two, three? You see their quarterback. Yeah. Doing stuff. That's a part of the whole <laughs> Matt Corral deal. He's an edge kid. He, you know, he performs on the edge. What makes him great? Yeah. He's got the talent. Um, you know, just has to be able to corral that edge, especially when he's on the move. But corral. Um, so corral needs to corral himself. Corral a little bit. needs to corral himself a little bit. But it, it was a mismatch in the trenches, Greg. It was a mismatch at every position group. In the trenches, though, was the biggest mismatch. Especially, especially. I mean, it was. 
Long Beach probably could not get a positive yard on the ground. Matt Corral yeah. was running all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Long Beach probably could not get inside of JT Daniels' personal space. Yeah. It was a mismatch. And then, I mean, at the beginning of the game, I thought Brew McCoy set the tone. He's like jumping over a guy, catching a ball. That was a touchdown. Wasn't his whole half his body? Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. But and then the next it, play, it was a touchdown. I thought the next play was a legitimate fumble that the refs gave modern day. The, I don't even know what that was about. <laughs> it was. I thought three bad calls in a row. I thought Brew was a touchdown. Yeah. And they modern day fumbled twice on the one that probably recovered, and they said no, he was down. I, I high thought, school high school I, refs yeah, are always are the best. I thought Bruce set the tone, though. I mean, that was big time. Yeah, I'm just going to jump yeah. over your head, warm your neck up. Yeah. And then defensively at the beginning of the game, I mean, he's just all in the backfield harassing the quarterback. I mean, he's so special. Yeah, but of course, Amon Ross St. Brown, he got loose. Yeah. You know, uh, CJ caught a couple and danced. JT with his hurdle, and he's accurate with the football. I mean, it was a mismatch. Yeah. I mean, talent was a mismatch. And I, I know. I'm a huge poly guy from when I first started, but man, I, I just I'm seeing people are just a little bit over the top when it comes to <laughs> trying to knock the Long Beach Poly coaching staff. And I, I'm not there, I'm not in the meetings, I'm not on campus. I will say this: talent for talent. This, if this hurts people's feelings, I, I'm 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 okay with that. There wasn't a single position group that Marte did not have an edge in. A big edge. And you could say in the huge, especially up front in the trenches. And that's football right there. Yeah. O-line, D-line were huge. But Marte had better quarterback, better running backs, better receivers. Defensive back was probably the closest thing to a wash. Marte had the better linebackers. And again, O-line, D-line, the edge was gigantic. It was Grand Canyon-esque. It was was crazy. Marte has one of the better offensive lines. If they run the table, if they're able to beat Mission Bay Hill and beat Bosco and win a state title and go undefeated, we could probably say this is maybe one of the best offensive lines ever in California history. Sure. But I mean, yeah, as, a whole, line, as yeah. a whole, as a whole, not just Absolutely. how they individual, but they no. play as a team. Yeah. They're so cohesive. I think three of these guys have been like three-year starters. Yeah. Tommy and Chris Murray and Coa Gonzalez. You got the young pup, Miles Moreo, who has probably the best upside of all of them. And then Mason Kolinchek is like that gritty, just a good, solid high school player who kind of just fits in. But it's a great line. He's and a glue guy. Compared that to what Polly had up front, again, on both sides, again, uh, not to knock Polly's talent. They have dudes. for They have D1 talent. But uh, I still thought Polly not close to what Marade had, and it doesn't matter who was coaching that team; it would have been a forty-point game. Yeah, no, that's my thought. Yeah, listen, Polly's got good talent. Marade has generational talent on their team, like multiple guys who you will not see for the next five to ten years. You will not see JT Daniels show mm-hmm. up in ten years in California. You will not see Brew McCoy just show up. Right, until Julio Jones' son is born. And I mean, they're going to say until your son gets up there. You're, di- you're dying to say that. I wasn't thinking that, Greg, at okay. all. But that brings, that-, up, a great, that brings <laughs> up a great point. <laughs> but yeah, they've got generational talent. I'm sorry. Yeah. On one team. Yep. So it's just a mismatch. Yeah. Let's move along. Talk about, talk about uh, another, I thought, was a talent mismatch that a coaching staff's getting too much blame for. St. John Bosco took down Rancho Cucamonga 55-28. to 28. At halftime, it was 34-7. to 7. Right. Right? 
I think on the first possession, third play of the game, DJ hits Chachi Delgado with the deep ball, and then it's just on. They had over 600 yards of offense, Bosco did. Delgado was the main guy as far as the receivers with five catches for 122. Uh, Chris Hudson, Kobe Bowman each had a touchdown. George Helani had three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. they're so balanced. Yeah. And, again, probably the biggest issue for Bosco, like it has been all year, was the penalty bug hit them. Uh, they've got 22 penalties in the two playoff games so far. 22. Well, we've been talking about that all year. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. If it's going to work for you, whatever. It'll work for you. Yeah, let yeah. it work for you. My whole thing is, if you're going to play on that edge, don't. I, that's fine. I'm not going to criticize. Just don't complain about it. Don't whine and say the rest are screwing us. Whatever. Just accept the fact that you're physical and tough and you're going to get some calls, but you're winning football games. But again, like we mentioned with Mare Pauly, the gap between Bosco's O-line, D-line, and Rancho's gap and O-line, D-line talent was, was just huge. I mean, Bosco has men among men in those trenches. Right. Bosco's smallest O-lineman, I don't know who it is, but whoever he was, he was still bigger, stronger than whoever Rancho's biggest lineman probably was. Right. And on their defensive line, they have eight dudes. Rancho probably has a couple guys. Gray and Brooks are really good high school players. And people who are like Rancho supporters are going to see this, and they're going to say, because I already saw it on the message board or on the Facebook pages that we follow. Yeah. Fire the whole ranch cook among a staff. These guys are terrible. That, that's ridiculous. We have no business getting blown out by St. John Bosco. Yes, you do. Because in my seven on sevens, you know, this guy does this and this guy does that. Seven on seven is not real. Okay. Like I said with Marte and Polly, there's not a single position group that Rancho had equal talent to Bosco. Not one. Running back. We love Sean Dollars. You know what? You add Sean Dollars. He's not George Lonnie, Sand Beast, or Savage. He's not. Quarterback. No. Receivers, no. Linebackers, no. D-line, O-line, no. I like Rancho Secondary. That's probably their best unit. But talking about Chris Steele, P3, Jaden Woodby, Stephen Blaylock, Lavelle Price, no. No, no, and no. Rancho's best player is Jeremiah Cradell. He's playing receiver. Okay? We love Cradell. He's a top 100 kid. Bosco has guys named... Chris Hudson, Kobe Bowman, Josh Delgado. (laughs) They've got eight guys to your one. But again, it comes down to what you see in the trenches. Of course. And Bill Parcells, if he's coaching at Rancho, is losing by 40 to Bosco. That's the fact of life. Your good high school player is going to lose to that great high school college prospect every time. Unless it's Matt Logan. And he's going to, but you, he's out of the equation. Right. You take Matt out of the equation, and he doesn't count because he's at Centennial, and he does his own thing. He's a genius. Right. But anybody else, it's just, talent for talent is not equal. I don't care how good these guys do in 7-on-7. Seven seven. I don't care how good they look in shorts and shirts. I don't care how good you think your kid is. He's not as good as that kid. You know what this is called, Coach Keith? It's called People Have Blinders. This is my Man Listen segment right now. Man People Listen. People have blinders on to their guys. I'm a dad of an athlete, and I sometimes see him at his very, very best. I think all dads and trainers see their kid at their very, very best. 
The problem is, 9 out of 10 times, he doesn't play his very best. You know, Usain Bolt doesn't PR every time he runs 100 meters. Right. Good your point. kid isn't always his best. And guess what? When your kid's his best, those other guys are still better. I can acknowledge that. It's facts of life. It's healthy to acknowledge that there's other guys that are better than your kids. It's healthy. It's called the transparent truth for a reason. GB, come with the juice. I came with it, man. Man, you just gave me life for the entire Thanksgiving weekend with my in-laws. It's a good thing I'm sick or I'd I'd be on the table. No, you know what? Here's some hard-hitting information for all you coaches, players, fans, listeners, parents. 99.9% of the time, the bigger, fastest, stronger team or kid is going to win. So, instead of going there running to a 7-on-7 tournament, how about focus your time on getting bigger, faster, and stronger? That just might help you. When you're in competition with the kid who's bigger, faster, stronger than your kid. Just a simple suggestion. Let's move along. GB? And don't think transferring is the best solution. No. That should always be the last resort, man. Have some balls, if I can use that term. Don't transfer. Stay at home and play. How about a game that I don't know if the outcome, you know, startled me? As much as the score. So Heritage took down Calabasas. Yeah. 41-7. to And again, this wasn't an upset. Heritage was the seeded team in that bracket, not Calabasas. Yep. But I think, you know, Calabasas has so much individual talent that we just kind of forgot how good Heritage really is. And if you watched Heritage against Orange Lou, man, these guys are scrappy and tough. And they are really, really physical. Yep. They picked off Jaden Casey five times. I bet he didn't have five picks the whole year. If he did, it's it's not too many more. They had five picks. Sherrod White had two of them, three touch three touchdowns, and they just grinded this one out. They had over 12 minutes more time of possession, which can be an overrated stat. But in this game, it was not an overrated stat because they just they were able to pick them off, keep them off the field. They did what Bosco did to Marty last year in the TF Finals. They ran the ball effectively, and they just kind of grinded them out. 41-7, to Heritage is legit. I kind of hinted to that during last week's show, Greg, that Heritage can run the football. I remember they ran over Great Oak. They've been running over teams all year. They ran really well against Orange Lutheran, a Trinity League team. So you take them against Calabasas, who doesn't have the horses up front that some of these other schools have, and... Yeah, listen, you pick off Jaden Casey five times, like you said, he hasn't thrown five picks all year. You hand that pillow Sherrod right, let him get downhill. He's going to get seven, eight yards of crack. And they take Calabasas behind the woodshed. Not only do they take Calabasas behind the woodshed, they snatch Kanye West by his collar and toss him on his head <laughs> as the designer of the uniforms, apparently. And they put the smash down on the Coyotes. And shouts out to Heritage. They got a big game coming up, but yeah, they're fighting Sherrod Wrights, man. Getting it done. Getting it cracking. Yeah, Montana State got a steal and Sherrod White. I remember watching him last year when they played Paloma Valley. I'm going, dude, who is this kid? He's yeah. electric. He's dynamic. So yep. he is much, much better than uh, 
not not taking a shot at Montana State, but I mean he's. No. I think he's somebody's gonna, somebody's gonna sneak in late and get that kid. Watch what I tell I you. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Hey, last game right now. I just want to get to it quickly. I know we got to move on, but uh, we're going to a uh, Division Three game. Charter Oak, who was the top seed, was losing to Westlake big. I think it was like twenty-one to nothing. And they just rallied. They had yeah, a pick I saw six. That. Jermaine Braddock, who's an elite player, Braddock, San Jose yep. State, Arizona, yep. Air Force, all offered Jermaine. He had a pick six. All of a sudden, man, Charter Oak just woke up. Jake Kaplinski, 98 yard pick six. They had two pick sixes to kind of rally the team. Jake Kaplinski. Lou Farrar is a coaching legend at Charter Oak. He's yeah. in the top five, I think, for career wins in California. But he had a cool little uh, little post game interview. Where he said, "You know what? My team's." He, he gave a Rocky. He said, "Hey, I said, hey, play one down at a time, one play at a time, yeah. one down at a time." One, this is kind of how he talks sometimes. Went down. Kind of remind me of Rocky Balboa when he was talking to Young Creed. Okay, one round at a time, time one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. one step at a time, one yeah. round at a time. One play at a time, and they rallied, man. They were still down at halftime, 20-20. to 20. Westlake was up. But Charter Oak, man, props to them. Uh, Matthew Chavez was the, was the guy for them. He was the horse. Matthew, 158 yards rushing and three touchdowns. The defense stepped up. They were able to pull away and win 39-28. to 28. So I believe it was 28-14. to 14. So Charter Oak scored... It's five. In a row. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of points in a, row to, in a row to, to rally. So, uh. again, congrats to Charter Oak. The top seed was on the ropes big time. Wow. They rallied. So they'll play Rancho Verde in that D3 semifinal opposite El Toro and St. Francis. So Charter Oak going against Rancho Verde. So nice job by Charter Oak and Lou Farrar and all those guys. Yeah, that's a, that's a big-time comeback. Big in the playoffs, in a sure. quarterfinal game. Yeah, I know man. Westlake is heartbroken. Man, my... My guy's over there at Westlake, man. That's a tough one to take right there. Fighting Cam Fabi Kalanins. Jake Kaplinski over there at Charter Oak. Man, that's a 98-yard pick. You tell your grandkids about that. He's like, dude, that's like, you, you, sometimes you get like 50 yards, and by, by the time you tell your grandkids, it becomes 98. 108. That was it. That was actually 98 to start off with. Yeah, no, it would be like, dude, that was the back of the end zone. Yeah, son. sure. I went straight. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I tiptoed wow. the back of the end zone. I caught Got it, son. I weaved through three guys in the end zone, and I outran 18 in guys. In the snow. In the, dude, it was snowing. And when I played, they had the field that was slanted. We're running uphill. <laughs> there you go right yeah, there. Yeah, man. That's, so that's all we got for game recap. There were some, a lot of great games, but uh, yeah. obviously can't recap all of them. Yeah, those are great games. We got the semifinals coming up. GB, we got a great show for Friday. The matchup show, the semifinals, we're going to be breaking it down. Make sure you tuned in. Championship weekend is just around the corner, Greg, and only the strong will survive. It's going to be an awesome kind of two weeks. We're totally looking forward to it. We appreciate you joining us here on the show. Again, Intercom Studios. Got my guy, Greg Biggins, putting in a ton of work. I know myself, I'm working my tail off. Hopefully you guys appreciate all the information, all the news, all the top performers and the sleepers that we're giving you. Please tune into the matchup show on Friday. We're going to be breaking down the semifinal games in all five divisions. Without further ado, follow us whoa, on whoa, social whoa, media. Whoa, whoa. 
What you got? Don't you got a, a man listen? No, you took the man listen. I took it from you? You took it, but that's okay, though. Okay, I don't want to steal your thunder. No, no, no. It's not stealing my thunder. It's sharing the thunder. Okay, okay. Sharing the thunder, my man. So, thanks for taking a ride with us. Without further ado, follow us on social media. You know the drops. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.